This is a GRDC podcast. A key consideration when growing a grain crop such as wheat is knowing a variety's optimal flowering period. With that knowledge, sowing times can be planned. But what happens when the optimal flowering period moves as a result of climate change? Well, more than the sowing time is affected. Hello, I'm Tony Crowley. At the 2020 Grains Research Update in Perth, Andrew Fletcher from CSIRO Agriculture and Food spoke about this exact issue. Climate change will bring optimal flowering periods forward, he told the audience, and research is indicating different wheat types could well be needed. Deb Bishop recorded this podcast at the update, and Andrew Fletcher started by explaining his role at CSIRO. I'm a farming system scientist um, based at CSIRO, so I look after, um, I do research that focuses on the Mediterranean sheep wheat zone, the, the farming system zone in Western Australia. Uh, I look at um, all aspects of the farming system, so rotations, cultivar choice, etc. I got interested in this research when we looked at what are the correct cultivar choices for different sowing dates and for different locations within Western Australia. So we're looking specifically at climate change. Do we know how climate change might affect optimal flowering periods in WA? Well, this research, is, um, which is funded by GRDC, we, what we did was we looked at um, some future climate change scenarios, um, what we call a wet, so the best case scenario where we might have had about a 10% drop in rainfall through to um, a dry scenario, which is uh, up to about a 40 to 50% drop in rainfall, which is the, the range that the, the global climate change models are predicting. And we did some simulation modelling and we looked at how the optimum flowering periods might change. And what that showed us was that in the future, depending on the, the rainfall scenario, we might get up to uh, a month earlier optimal flowering period. So we should be aiming to get our wheat crops to flower a month earlier uh, under future climate scenarios if we're in that really dry scenario. I mean, do we at, at, at the moment know enough about climate change, these predictors, because we're at, I suppose, that beginning of the learning curve. So is this kind of advice fluid? You know, it's not set in stone uh, yet. Definitely not set in stone. This is based on the best knowledge. Um, and I'm, like I said, I'm not claiming to be a climatologist. I'm a uh, crop scientist and I use the crop models, the best available climate change data. So yeah, it's fluid and it's, uh, the, the story is going to change. But really this research is showing us we need to think about what's going to happen in the future and maybe in the future we're going to need different wheat types to hit these earlier optimal flowering periods. So the optimal flowering periods will likely be earlier. How much earlier is going to depend on what the scenarios that actually play out. So why are we so obsessed with flowering time? The main reason we're really obsessed with, with flowering time as researchers and, and as farmers is that it's a really important uh, determinant of our adaptation to environment. So if we flower too early um, we start putting ourselves at risk of frost um, and if we flower too late we start putting ourselves at risk of heat and terminal drought and a really important factor that people often don't think about is that if we flower too early we often miss out on the opportunity to, to grow a really big wheat crop so we simply just don't grow enough biomass to get the yield that we could so flowering too early frost is part of it but inadequate biomass is, is also another important factor. What about geographical patterns? What role do they play? Yeah, well, there's some pretty clear geographical patterns under current climate. So from the northeastern part of the wheat belt, um, we want to flower earlier. Um, and as we go south and west, so as we get cooler and a bit wetter, um, 
we're going to end up wanting to flower a little bit later. So our optimum flowering periods um, might be opening anywhere from early August in the north um, through to late September in the south. And then closing again, so the, the other end of the optimum flowering period when we'd want to finish flowering by. Um, so some late August in the north through to about mid-October in the, the southern part of the wheat belt. So the factors that determine optimum flowering period now, do they, will they still apply with the research that you're doing and advice that you're offering? Yeah, so the same factors will apply in the future. It's just the balance of those factors is likely to change, which means that our, their, our optimum flowering periods are going to change. But it's still the same factors. It's still biomass, frost, heat and terminal drought and how all of those factors balance each other out, those are still the keys to, the, to flowering at the right time. So just take us through how you did the research, what did it actually look like? Okay, so we used a, um, a common crop simulation model, APSIM, um, and we ran simulations over 50 years for a current climate, um, and what that showed us was that each year had a, a different optimum flowering period, which is a real challenge to manage. So to try and make sense over multiple seasons, what we did was we, we took the average of those seasons and looked at over multiple seasons what gave you the best balance of frost, heat and drought risk so that you could maximise yield and profitability over multiple seasons. So then we then took that same approach and we applied it to um, future climates um, and the two scenarios we used were what we called a wet scenario which is the best uh, outcome that we could possibly have so maybe about a 10% drop in rainfall. Uh, and the dry scenario, which was, is going to be the worst one that, that's predicted, and that might be anywhere to 40-50% drop in rainfall. And then we looked at how those optimum flowering periods changed. So for our growers on the east coast facing serious drought issues, can this research be applied to any extent to growers in that region as well? Yeah, okay, so um, our research was based in, in WA, but the, the learnings from it are probably uh, equally applicable to uh, the east coast. So um, how do we, are the optimum flowering periods going to be earlier uh, in the future uh, when these, these rainfall, um, if there's a rainfall decline and our frost and heat patterns change. Um, and so probably the learnings are, are going to be applicable to the, to the east coast. But it's important to realise that it's not just one season. So the current drought is only one or two seasons. This is about the long term and making sure that you are optimising your flowering period that gives you the best chance of success over multiple years. So did you look at cultivar choice at all? I mean is that part of this uh, leading up to where we might need to change our approach? Is that part of it as well? Yeah so we looked at, um, at cultivar choice um, within our simulation modelling and we, we compared uh, current sort of short mid varieties which are the ones we, we tend to use in WA and how how sowing date, what sowing dates we need to achieve the current optimum flowering periods. And what we found was that in the future, because um, particularly under a dry scenario, that the break of the season might come a bit later, uh, is going to be more variable, that there might actually be a need to have a whole range of varieties in our arsenal. So uh, if, if we get our breaks of season later, we might actually need a much shorter variety that we can rapidly flower and get to um, hit that optimum flowering period, but equally if we've got more variable breaks we might end up having to take some of these really early breaks so we might need a long maturity variety to use in those scenarios. So I think our best strategy going forward is to make sure we've got a, a range of, of types that we can use to try and hit that optimum flowering period. 
So are we at the point now with, with climate that growers need to start matching their sowing date and cultivar to achieve the optimal flowering periods? With or without climate change, that's, that's still the smart way to go. Um, and so this is really a bit more long term than that and it's just saying that we need to make sure that we've got those types of varieties and we're thinking about those types of varieties in the future. So farmers still currently need to um, match sowing time with, flower, with cultivar choice to try and hit the current optimum flowering periods. They just might need some different varieties in the future. What would your message to growers be? ultimately on the back of the research that you're doing with the CSIRO? The big message is to make sure that you know what your optimum flowering period is and try and match your, um, your cultivar with your sowing date to try and achieve that optimum flowering period. And there's, there's lots of resources out there that you can use to do that. So um, a lot of them are on the GRDC website. Um, and yeah, it's really around making sure you know the date that you're sowing, you know that, but making sure you've got the variety for the right, the correct variety for the sowing date that you're using that gets you in that optimum flowering period. How confident can growers be that research like this is helping to safeguard growers into the future of an uncertain climate change period? There's always uncertainty around these climate change models, um, but we're using the, the most up-to-date data that we've got to try and study this, this phenomenon and, and see what we're going to need. The fact that we've done it over multiple seasons and we've done it um, using sort of multiple climate change models, I think we can be reasonably confident that the optimum flowering periods are probably going to move. It's really the extent of how far they move is, is going to be the question. And as the modelling and the, the science progresses, we're going to get better and better at that. So you're going to be busy for a few more years yet? Well, hopefully, yeah. yeah I'll, be, I'll be busy. And there's still lots of research to be done. There's lots of questions to be answered. Um, and yeah in the future um, going forward we, we're going to look at this stuff um, using the models and, and using the the best science as it becomes available um, and I just want to say thanks to GRDC for, for funding this current research and uh, giving us the support to to achieve good things for the growers. CSIRO's Andrew Fletcher and he was speaking with Deb Bishop for more information, you can find Andrew's update presentation by searching Update Papers on GRDC's website. I'm Tony Crowley. Thanks for listening.